Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you. It is the crossover show with the San Francisco 49ers. We're actually doing the crossover with Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers, and this podcast in part is being brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, they need your support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless Visa to help support your community because where you shop and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. All right, folks, we're going to jump right into the crossover show with Locked On 49ers host Brian Peacock. Brian is a guy that I look up to. He is uh, he basically has one of the smoothest radio voices that you will ever hear. So it's always a pleasure, not just to hear him on the podcast, but also to talk a little football with him. He is Brian Peacock of the Locked on 49ers podcast. Wow, Patricia, thank you so much for that introduction. And uh, I, look, I look up to you quite a bit as well. Yeah, you're one of the best writers we have on, on this podcast. Uh, on this whole network, I think. And so, yeah, I love reading your stuff and it's always fun chatting with you about the 49ers and giants. Yeah, definitely. And you know, it's interesting, Brian, because uh, my Wednesday show was actually taking a stroll down memory lane. Some of the most memorable games in giants, 49ers history. And boy, what an, what an experience that was. And, uh, but you know what? This Sunday, Giants 49ers at MetLife Stadium. And uh, what we will do, folks, is we're going to start off by asking Brian about the 49ers. And Brian, we've got to start off by asking who's going to play for this team. I mean, you guys got so many injuries. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been brutal. I think maybe the, the Denver Broncos have some claim. And I know the Giants have a couple that I want to ask you about a little bit later as well. But um, yeah, the 49ers, it's brutal how hard they've been hit. And there's big questions about that MetLife turf now because a lot of those injuries were last week and players were complaining about it. They lost Nick Bosa for the year, another starting defensive lineman, although not the difference maker Nick Bosa is in Solomon Thomas. Jimmy Garoppolo's got a high ankle sprain. I don't think he's going to play this weekend, but I think Kyle Shanahan's being a little bit coy trying to make the Giants plan for two quarterbacks there. I think you're going to see Nick Mullins going for the 49ers on Sunday. Then there's a knee sprain that George Kittle's trying to get over. Um, I don't know if it's smart to run either one of those guys out there. So my guess is that you're not going to see Jimmy Garoppolo for sure. George Kittle, it's going to be really hard to keep him off the field if the doctors say he can go. And he's been limited in practice this week. And of course, Richard Sherman's on IR. So five of the six best players for the 49ers coming into the season uh, might not be playing Sunday. And of course, you also have two running backs that are banged up too, right? Yeah, yeah there, there's going to be an undrafted free agent named Jamichael Hasty, who by all accounts had a really good training camp, get called up from the practice squad to the active roster, and he'll be playing behind Jarek McKinnon, who's a fantastic comeback story for the 49ers right now at running back, and he'll have all the, the passing down work, I'm sure. And then the big back work will probably go to Jeffrey Wilson Jr. So that's the, the three-headed monster the 49ers going to roll out there at running back with Tevin Coleman most likely going on IR. I think he's going to miss about a month. And uh, 
Raheem Mostert, who broke off a couple of long runs. And I mean, he's been a big play machine for the 49ers, a former Big Ten track star. The Giants aren't going to have to worry about chasing him around either, I don't think, this weekend. And he hurt his knee last weekend on that MetLife turf against the Jets, although not as severe as some of the other injuries the 49ers have had. So uh, it looks like Raheem Mostert most likely will not go either for the 49ers. Let's back up a little bit and talk about that turf issue, because obviously several 49ers complained about it. How much do you think that's going to be in their heads this Sunday to where maybe they might be a little tentative going out there on that field, especially if the NFL finds that there's nothing wrong with it? Yeah, and they the NFL has said they've they've done numerous um, you know, all their due diligence on, on that turf and everything should be good to go. And it's, and it's funny because it's not like it's a bad turf. It's the, the reports I'm getting. And what I'm hearing from the 49ers is that it's working too good. Like it's too much grip. And so maybe the players will have to go out there and, and not wear cleats at all. And maybe just go out there in basketball shoes and sneakers. If they're worried about their legs getting caught up underneath them. And that was definitely the case with Nick Bosa. There was no give. And uh, when he tore his ACL and the same with Jimmy Garoppolo, their, their cleats getting, caught in the turf. So I'm sure footwear is going to be a big issue for the 49ers and maybe that will fix the problems. Um, but yeah, it's funny because with all the technology we have and how amazing some of these turfs are, maybe it's gotten to the point where they're too darn good and they're sticking too much. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that turf was actually replaced this spring. And just a real quick story, and I don't know if I should even be telling your audience this, but I remember when MetLife Stadium first opened up, uh, the Giants had a receiver by the name of Dominic Hickson who tore up his ACL when the Giants went and did a, um, I think it was, I can't remember if it was a spring practice or a summer training camp practice, but his foot got stuck in that turf. And it was just a devastating injury. I don't think he was ever the same after that. So, um, yeah, something about that, that new turf, but look, you know, I, I'm sure the NFL inspects it and I'm sure they have certified it. I know that, uh, earlier today at any rate, as we record this, we record this on a Wednesday there, you know, the league was going to look into it. So I haven't heard anything to the contrary. And, you know, it, it sounds like it's, it's business as usual, but Brian, let's get back to the injuries. How does the 49ers defense change? Given, you know, Bose is gone, um, Thomas is gone. I, I mean, how much of a change is, is, are we looking at if, if you're the Giants? It's, uh, you know, it's really hard to say because Robert Sala, since he's been the defensive coordinator, he, he wants his players to play fast and he wants it to be simple. He wants the scheme to be pretty simple on defense. So I think you're going to still see a lot of the same stuff the 49ers like to do, which is a base cover three. So a lot of zone defense, they do mix in a little bit of man and a little bit more split safety look instead of all single high like they did in year one. So maybe it's a little bit more multiple than it used to be, but um, they're going to come after you with their front four. They're going to show some blitz looks where they drop one of their defensive linemen into coverage and bring a linebacker or bring a safety or something like that. But it's, it's a pretty basic scheme and it's based around having a monster defensive line playing fast and playing violent. So the 49ers are going to try to, I think, keep their same formula that that they won with last year and bank on, you know, those interior rushers giving Daniel Jones all he can handle in the middle. Uh, Eric Armstead, still one of the better defensive linemen on the 49ers. He'll play more just, I mean, he's he's been sort of back and forth between end and tackle, so he'll play almost all 100% defensive end, I'm sure, as uh, D Ford's not going to be there and Nick Bose is not going to be there. And then you've got Kerry Hyder, and they signed Ziggy Anza as a street free agent this week. So he'll probably work in the rotation, even though he might only get one practice in before this weekend's game. 
Um, but DJ Jones and then the rookie Javon Kinlaw, uh, they're probably hoping that those guys are going to create a lot of pressure inside with their power. So that I think that's the same formula the 49ers have had. And they're hoping to get Jason Verrett back, who's been dealing with a, a hamstring injury. So, uh, yeah, some a dicey situation for the 49ers with injuries. And, and they've, they've lost so many guys that it's funny that they're at the point now where they're banking on Jarek McKinnon, Jordan Reed, and Jason Verrett, three of the most injured players of the last handful of seasons to be major contributors this week. So uh, I don't know if it's the greatest formula for the 49ers right now, but they still do have some bullets in the chamber, although not many. Now, I have to ask you, you know, the Giants obviously had some injuries on the offensive side of the ball. Saquon Barkley is done for the year. Sterling Shepard is on IR. He will not be available for this game. Who then do you think on the Giants offense is the biggest concern for that 49ers defense as configured? Yeah, and I don't think, you know, it's going to be really hard for Devontae Freeman to come in and, and play a big role, I'm sure. So uh, I think Darius Slayton, that that second-year breakout receiver, is the is the guy I'm looking for with his speed, and he's probably the one that's going to have to carry a lot of the brunt of that. Um, Evan Ingram at at tight end with his athleticism, there's usually some space you can find, even though the 49ers do have some athleticism, at linebacker and some good coverage linebackers. Uh, there, there's still uh, ways to define seams in that zone to throw to. So I'm sure those are the things that are going to get dialed up by, uh, by the giants offense is, you know, trying to hit that seam and trying to find some gaps and hopefully have enough time for Daniel Jones to throw. Now that that edge rush of the 49ers has been slowed down due to injury. Brian, give me your key to the game if you're the 49ers. Where do you think they, they absolutely have to dominate the Giants? What side of the ball or or what particular matchup do you think they have to win? This is tough because normally I would say a 49ers team, a Kyle Shanahan team is going to have to run the ball really well. And I think that's still going to be the case. And the running backs are going to have to be a factor. And it's probably going to have to be the outside run because... The New York Giants have been one of the better teams in the NFL in the early going of of stopping the run on first and second downs. So uh, I think it's it's the strength of the 49ers, and I think it's the the strength of that you know that that really large and and strong and powerful defensive line, especially inside of the New York Giants. That's going to be a big time matchup. And last week, the New York Jets that was the one thing they were supposed to be good at was stopping the run. And then Jerk er, and uh, Raheem Mostert. Busted out the very first play of the game, untouched 80 yards. So the 49ers were still able to find a way to run, and it was to the outside. So I'm guessing the 49ers are going to try to get to the edge in the running game this week as well. All right. Before we flip the switch, Brian, let's get your prediction for Sunday. I I I, I saw the 49ers roll, even with all the injuries and the adversity last week, in that very same stadium against the Jets. Uh, without Saquon Barkley, the best weapon on offense for the New York Giants. I think the 49ers, even though they're banged up, still have an opportunity to win that game. So uh, I'm definitely picking the 49ers to win this one. And the line is at the 49ers favored by four. And, you know, given the Giants some points at home, I think if you, this, this is a game I probably would stay away from putting money on with uh, with those numbers, just because, I mean, I don't know what it's going to look like with so many injuries on, on both sides for these teams. But I still think the 49ers we're a deep enough team. I think a Kyle Shanahan coach team is going to come in prepared. I think they're going to find ways to scheme guys open and get people the ball. And uh, I'm predicting a 49ers victory. I'll say 24-20, and I'll, I'll have a push on that minus four for the 49ers. 
All right. Sounds good. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to flip the tables and I'm going to talk Giants with Brian Peacock, host of Locked On 49ers. Folks, stay with us. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of cars and trucks, it's become impossible for retail shops to stock everything in a traditional chain storefront. So the next time you need a part for your car or truck, visit rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. RockAuto.com offers scores of different auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers for nearly every make and model of car out there. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Hey, Giant fans. This is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked On Giants podcast. And I want to tell you about my debut book. It's called The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. And I've sought to create a living history of the top men and moments that have made one of the NFL's charter franchises what it is today. Relive the franchise's four Super Bowls. Find out what convinced former general manager Ernie Accorsi that quarterback Eli Manning was indeed the one. Learn about the events that brought the Tisch family into the Giants' ownership floor, and so much more. This 368-page paperback book includes loads of photos and the stories of some of the greatest giants in history as told in their own words. The Big 50, the men and moments that made the New York Giants, will be available starting September 8, 2020 on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever else books are sold. So pre-order your copy today. And thank you for your support. Okay, we're back here. Thursday crossover on the Locked On Podcast Network. Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants. I am Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers. We're talking about the week three matchup at MetLife Stadium. And uh, MetLife has become a bad word for 49ers fans, too. I'm sure everyone cringed that's listening to this show on Locked On 49ers because they're so worried about more injuries happening with the 49ers on this turf this week, playing on it back to back now. Uh, But they have to get that out of their heads because this game's happening. and. the 49ers have a have an opponent that's that's very interesting to me. And I want to start with the offense of the New York Giants, Patricia, because Sterling Shepard going on IR. Obviously, Saquon Barkley's done for the year now, bringing in uh, a veteran free agent running back. Is this a moment where I, I don't want to say it's it's a good thing for the Giants, but do you look at this as I'll, I'll just call it an opportunity for Daniel Jones to say, oh, you know what? No Saquon's here anymore. Uh, this is my team now. I I have to lead this team to victory. I have to put this team on my back and and prove I'm the leader and I can take this team to victory. Do you think there's anything you can take away from this that could be good for specifically Daniel Jones with Saquon Barkley being out? 
No, I don't think so, Brian. I mean, look, anytime you lose a, a valued teammate, you know, and a captain, Saquon Barkley was a captain, I, I don't think there's anything good about it. I know what you're getting, you know, what you're getting at about Daniel Jones and is this an opportunity for, for him to really assert himself? I think he's actually started to do that even before this all went down. Um the good thing about what head coach Joe Judge has done with this Giants team is that he's made it so that everybody is accountable to one another. It's not Saquon Barkley's team. It's not Sterling Shepard's team. It's not Daniel Jones's team. It's everybody's team. It's the New York Giants. So you, I think you're going to see like every week with this team, a different player is going to be featured, a different, you know, Call, you know, a different game plan. It's it, it's very much what the Patriots did, or what they still do, I should say. You know, Judge, of course, coming from Bill Belichick's staff, but Daniel Jones. You know, we spoke to him today on the media calls, and he's just, you know, he he's basically look, you know, whether Sir, whether uh, Sterling Shepard's there, whether Saquon Barkley's there, I still have a job to do, and you know that doesn't change regardless of who's there and who's not. Talk to me about his receivers coming into this game. Sterling Shepard on IR, he's not going to be there, but the second-year breakout player, Darius Slayton, I was really impressed with him as a rookie, as a fifth-rounder, and a steal by the Giants coming out of Auburn. Uh, how has he looked so far in year two, and is, is he primed to take over that, that number one receiver role for the, for, the, uh, for the New York Giants? Well, I'll tell you what, he certainly shows signs of, of being capable of being a number one receiver. Now, I, I think he's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start because, again, under uh, Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator, a different guy seems to be featured every week. So I don't think we've really seen... Uh, week one, we saw Slayton kind of be the, the the lead dog, if you will. Last week, he kind of was... I don't want to say had a quiet game, but he, did, you know, he didn't really have as many impact plays as he might have had in the past. But this is a very uh, young and dangerous receiver. He's a guy who can stretch the field vertically for them. He's a guy who's who who's is a good blocker. I mean, I think his blocking is very underrated, and just you know, he's a guy that they're going to count on. But I think the guy. You have to keep an eye on here is going to be Evan Ingram, the tight end. We keep saying that and Ingram is off to a to a very slow start this year. Certainly not what was expected, but he is a matchup nightmare. And you know, the 49ers have some injuries in 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 the uh, middle of their defense there. And I'm going to be interested to see how the Giants take advantage of that with Ingram. Yeah, I have Evan Ingram. This year and past years, he's always my guy. And I'm like, okay, here comes the Evan Ingram breakout. And I always have him on all of my fantasy teams. And, you know, he's he's got so much talent. And I'm waiting for that breakout. And it hasn't happened yet. And I think for 49ers fans, hoping it's not going to happen this week. But there's so much talent there. And I'm just waiting for that moment where it's like young quarterback, tight end. Usually the tight end is the young quarterback's best friend. And see that breakout from Evan Ingram because the talent is there. And I'm just, I don't know why it's not really coming together in, in a way that's like, okay, now Evan Ingram's you know, with that top group of tight ends in the NFL, because the talent is obviously on par with some of those guys. Yeah, it definitely is. I th I sometimes wonder if Ingram presses a little too much. I think if he just kind of sits back and plays his game and just 
doesn't press, maybe it will come to him. You know, I, I obviously with COVID this year, we don't get into the locker room. So unfortunately we don't get the one-on-one, uh, the, the little side conversations that go on during the course of media veils. But in the past and having spoken with Evan, you know, it bothers him when he doesn't live up to, I think what's expected of him. And I think he needs to really sit back and say, okay, what do I expect of myself and not really worry about what other people you know, are thinking of him. Now he'll sit there and he'll say, oh, I don't pay attention to that. I don't listen to that. But you watch him and you see almost like that he's pressing. And I think if he just kind of dials it back a little bit and just says, okay, you know what? This is my role. This is what I have to do do for this particular week. And he doesn't overthink it and plays within the scheme. I think we'll eventually see the player that we think he can be um, capable of being. When it comes to the offensive line for the New York Giants, I'm looking at Football Outsiders DVOA, and uh, the New York Giants currently ranked 32nd in the league, and I know they've played some tough teams and some tough front sevens. Uh, the 49ers, even without Nick Bosa, even without D. Ford, we talked about some of the weapons the 49ers still have that can come after the quarterback, and, and rookie first-round pick Javon Kinlaw, who's really flashed at least a couple of plays in every game, some, some wow plays, and if he can start to put it together from the interior. And then Eric Armstead, is still a power rusher from the edge, and they do have some talent still coming at the forty or at the at the Giants in this game. All right, folks, you are listening to the crossover show between the Locked On Giants podcast and the Locked On 49ers podcast. Patricia Trena and Brian Peacock, your hosts. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to continue previewing the 49ers and the Giants who meet this Sunday at MetLife Stadium. Stay with us. All right, welcome back, Giant fans and 49er fans, to the Locked on Giants, Locked on 49ers crossover show. Patricia Trena with Brian Peacock. And this segment is brought to you in part by MyBookie. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code LOCKEDON and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Your winning season starts today only at MyBookie. And let's continue with Brian Peacock, who has some more questions for me about the Giants. What have you seen from the Giants offensive line and in particular that first round left tackle? Andrew Thomas, he is going to be an absolute stud. I mean, he's still a rookie. He's still learning. He's still trying to get a feel for stunts and twists and all the the fancy things that NFL defenses do. But this is a kid who really held his own against some of college football's top pass rushers. The offensive line in general for the Giants, what people have to remember is that the rebuild is not complete with this unit. You have... um, at right tackle, Cam Fleming, who was a journeyman, a guy who's really holding the seat, if you will, or keeping the seat warm until Matt Hurt is ready to go. Um, I think down the line, the plan is to eventually replace Kevin Zeitler with Shane Lemieux, who was one of their draft picks this year. So, you know, that still needs to take place. But, you know, people look at this offensive line, they say, ah, Dave Gettleman didn't get it right again. What the heck's going on? When is the Giants, when are the Giants ever going to have a competent offensive line? The rebuild's not there yet. The pieces are in place, but you have to kind of just 
fit them in and get and build that chemistry. And, you know, the other thing, and, you know, every team had this problem. So I'm not saying it's exclusive to the Giants, but you had a new line, you had a new offensive system, new coach who, who requires different techniques and whatnot, and no offseason. All right. So there's three strikes against this unit. It's not like they had the offseason to, to gel and whatnot. So I look at these first couple of games almost like a preseason type of performance. Unfortunately for Giant fans, they count in the standings. Looking at the 49 or the I always want to say I get confused because I'm I'm so used to talking about the San Francisco Giants here when it comes to radio and in the Bay Area. So when the New York Giants come to town, I get all tongue-tied with the San Francisco Giants, San Francisco 49ers, New York Giants. Uh, The New York Giants defensive line is stout on the interior, and and I really like some of the players inside, and I I think especially the second-year guy, the first-rounder from 2019, Dexter Lawrence, doesn't get talked enough on the national level because he is so good. Dalvin Tomlinson at the nose, and of course, uh, Leonard Williams, and I ran across a stat today that I was somewhat surprised about. Maybe you less surprised watching this team for two straight weeks now that the New York Giants, according to Football Outsiders, New York Giants defense is allowing the league's lowest success rate on first and second down so far. Um, so that, that's somewhat surprising. So that means they're, they're doing their job inside and, and stopping the run. And I have to believe it's because of some of that beef inside on the defensive line. Oh, absolutely. I mean, these are guys who are active. They are athletic. They are big human beings. So good luck moving them off of their mark. They, you know, Dexter Lawrence, I absolutely love, love that draft pick. He was one of the uh, draft picks that was acquired in the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. Um, The other one being O'Shane Zimenez. And of course, Jabril Peppers came over in that trade as well. But Dexter Lawrence, you're right. He doesn't get talked about enough. And I don't understand why this kid is athletic. He's big and he, and you know, you look at some of the, the, the sacks and the pressures that they've been able to get. And a lot of that is because up front, he and Dalvin Tomlinson and Leonard Williams are pushing the pile. They're pushing offensive linemen back. They're, they're occupying multiple blockers and, it, you know, it's just such an underrated part of their game. And as far as the run game goes, again, you've got these big bodies who are filling up the A gaps and the, you know, d- depending on where they're lining up, sometimes the B gaps and whatnot. And there's really nowhere to run. So you couple that with the fact that the Giants add speed to their outside linebackers. And is it any wonder that the Giants have been a little bit better on first and second down against the run? Looking at the secondary now, uh, Bradbury, I think, has been the standout player there. But um, I've I've listened to, and when I do the Peacock and Williamson show, and we cover every team in the NFL, and, and we get a lot of folks chiming in on Twitter. And uh, it sounds like that defensive backfield, aside from James Bradbury on one corner, has been subpar. Uh, do you agree with that? And is that something that the 49ers offense can take advantage of? You know, it's interesting. I think James Bradbury has had uh, a good start to his Giants career. The the other side, though, that I'm not really sure what the Giants are doing. I mean, I think they're going to use that rotation. They've been trying to get Logan Ryan up to speed, but, you know, you, you they traded for um, Isaac Yadon, who was with the Broncos. Uh, Corey Ballantyne was initially the starter, but he saw his snaps uh 
drop a little bit. But yeah, I, the the secondary, you know, they I thought it would be a strength to be honest with you coming into this season. That was before DeAndre Baker went and had his issues and and yeah. Sam Beal opted out. Um that was before Xavier McKinney suffered a broken foot. So the yeah, there's a lot of issues still with the Giants' defensive secondary, and you know the, the good news is is they have a pretty good coach. You know, Jerome Henderson is a former NFL defensive back. He worked with Darrell Revis at one point. Um, Joe Horner, I think, is is another guy he worked with. Um, he's worked with some really good defensive backs, and uh, he'll get them straightened out. It's just right now a lot of youth back there. Uh, Darnay Holmes, the rookie, they've been playing him a lot on the slot, uh, but they will. I, I think they'll straighten them out and and they'll they'll hit their strides. But right now, they're just working with that rotation, and I'm not really sure I'm a fan of that. Patricia, what did the Giants have to do to beat the 49ers Sunday? Well, I think they have to number one make sure they play a turnover free game. They they just cannot have you know. Daniel Jones turning the ball over, be it an interception or be it, you know, a, a fumble. Now, last week there were a couple of turnovers. One of, I, I don't think you can say uh, that the interception was really Daniel Jones's fault. That was Evan Ingram slipping and then just being off target a little bit. I think the timing got compromised, but, you know, you can't turn this ball over and give the 49ers a short field. I think the other thing they have to take advantage of is, you know, the, the running game, um, it's going to be hard, but I think the Giants are going to take advantage of the the fact that the 49ers are missing um, some beef there in the middle on the defensive front. And, you know, I don't know how much Devonta Freeman still has left in the tank. Uh, Deion Lewis, I wouldn't exactly say he's a power back where, you know, I would send him inside the tackles a lot. I think he's more of an outside runner, but I think they have to somehow – you know, get that running game going. I know it's a tall task. They don't have Saquon Barkley in there, but you know what? Saquon and the running game struggled uh, the first couple of games that they, that he was in there because that offensive line just wasn't getting a push. So hopefully this week they get that push and they can start chewing up that clock and, and moving the chains. Yeah, I think this week more than ever for the 49ers, it all starts up front. So whoever wins in the trenches is going to have a really good opportunity to win this game. And uh, that matchup, especially with that beef on the interior for the New York Giants against the 49ers interior offensive line, which has not been the strength of their team so far this year, is going to be an interesting matchup and, and one where maybe the Giants can have an edge. Okay, Patricia, got to have you on record. What is your prediction for this week three matchup, Giants and 49ers? Oh, wow. Uh, you know what? I thought the Giants would win last week against um, Chicago when I was wrong. You know, what? I'm going to stick with the, with that prediction. I'm going to say the Giants beat the 49ers. I, I think, you know, just from following afar, the 49ers have it in their head about the turf. You know, the injuries are deflating. You know, both teams have injuries, but I think the 49ers are a lot more banged up than the Giants. I think the Giants can sneak up on them and pull this one out. So I'm going to give the, the edge to the Giants. I'm going to say 27, uh, let's go 27-24. There you have it, 27-24, Giants over the 49ers with an assist at least getting in the heads of the 49ers with that MetLife turf. It's going to be an interesting one, Patricia. I can't wait to watch. And thank you so much for joining me here on another Thursday crossover on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Patricia, thank you so much. It's great talking to you. Same here, Brian. 
All right, Giant fans, that'll do it for today's show. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We have the listener mailbag, the Friday fan mailbag. Your questions, my answers here on the Locked on Giants podcast.